We don't like talking about romance very much, do we? Really like relationship, dating, anything like that. It's just... It's, a, it's not easy for us. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Elliot actually reminded me of a couple things. Oh, shoot. Just to backtrack on the last episode really quick. Because um, we talked about how there's no uh, romance and no one's throwing rocks at windows anymore. And oh, yeah. Well, he did that. He did do that once. And I didn't wake up. Oh, my gosh. He tried. I, I don't know what. He was just coming over and it was super late. So I had gone to bed <laughs> and I was trying to stay awake. I think I was watching like YouTube or Instagram or whatever, but I mm -hmm. fell asleep. Oh, my gosh. And he was texting me, calling me and throwing rocks at my window. Oh. And I was dead asleep. So... So there's even kind of like a downfall to the yeah. throwing rocks at the windows thing because you may not hear it. Exactly. Like we tried it and, you know, it's just not realistic in this day and age. It's not really The real rock method realistic. doesn't work. Yeah. Or maybe just go throw rocks at her window when she's actually awake. Or maybe he needed bigger rocks. And smash through my window. <laughs> maybe don't break the window. I guess I'm in rom-coms. Yeah. <laughs> We don't own this place. They don't own it. But I feel like in in that scenario, in like a rom-com or whatever, yeah. they wouldn't care if he broke the window. But in reality... Because yeah. then he would have climbed up and in through the, the window. Yes. Somehow without cutting yeah. himself. Yeah. yeah. His shirt would have been unbuttoned. Right. Billowing the wind. Anyway, a uh, lot of reflecting mm. over last episode. But I think it was good for us. Yeah. I think we grew. Yep. And learned definitely. that our emotions are definitely... Uh, Changed by the weather. Yes. Much like plants. Much like... So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. In fact. Because <laughs> it always ties back to plants. It always does. And I don't really know how plants tie into this wee month's episode, but... Yeah. Well, they're in there. Each, each plant has a personality. Each plant has a personality. But before that... Yes, before we get drink. into that. The cocktail. The cocktail. Indeed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, might as well sip that. Mm. It's just tastes uh, antique. Without telling anyone. <laughs> ooh, that's a good way to describe it. Without mm. saying the name of it yet. Um, let's see if they can guess it. So this is a classic cocktail. This is not an original cocktail. Yeah, right. Um, were ways you would describe it. Uh, I think the first word when I tasted it to describe it, I would call it medicinal tasting. Yeah, it it just it tastes very scotch whiskey kind of, I don't know, just mm -hmm. like licorice-y. Yep. Very licorice-y. Licorice-y, but like um, smooth. But smooth, I think. yeah. It doesn't yeah. hurt when you drink it. Like <laughs> That's good. But yes, it doesn't. Scotch yeah. whiskey. It's not like um like a burn. There's no yeah, burn. There's no burn. Yeah. But it just has that dry like like it kind of like stings your mouth a little bit you yeah know? okay well with that description <laughs> it's a horrible what this cocktail is so we wanted to go um so i was like can we do drinks with brandy and them and we wanted to go like you know we're talking about cocktail history stuff too so we wanted to go way back and imagine like, okay, what was one of the first cocktails? And one of them, I, I think that honestly, you can't pinpoint the very, very first cocktail ever in the world. Um, just because it's like 1800s or earlier. And like, who knows who put syrup yeah. and, and 
alcohol together and called it a cocktail. Right. But one of the first ones for sure that was documented as like a mixed drink was the Sazerac. Mm -hmm. So that's the cocktail for this episode. Sazerac. Sazerac. Isn't that what uh, the guy from that one Scottish show, the the with the red head and the girl like goes back in time everyone loves the guy because he's like buff and redhead scottish accent oh, very gosh. attractive it's not he calls, no he calls her like sazenac i think oh Sazenac. sazenac. Wait, i gotta look it up while oh, you're no. talking pa- okay <laughs> so i was gonna figure that one out if you know what it is there you go um so anyways yes the cocktail for this episode is the sazerac and we're gonna get into some fun history there's of course with a cocktail this iconic um there's gonna be some fun history so i don't want to lollygag anymore let's get into it so the recipe that we're using for the cocktails we're drinking today i believe is by a person by the name of gary reagan and i think the sazerac cocktail is made to there's of course variations to it but there's two specific ways um or changes in ingredients that maybe people go back and forth about but there's the sazerac with just brandy or cognac in it mm. cognac and then there's the um sazerac with wa- rye whiskey and we'll get into why there's a separation there but this version that we're drinking tonight is the cognac version so there's no rye whiskey or whiskey um in this cocktail it has cognac brandy so it usually does have whiskey or there's like two versions of it the more updated version is the rye whiskey one i found the show okay what is it outlander oh yes. yeah he calls her like Saz- sazenac or Saz- something sazenac that does sound like sazerac it yeah. does oh uh, yeah <laughs> we got it very sexy scottish sazerac sazerac Nice. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, so this guy, Gary Reagan, apparently he came up with the recipe we're using today, which has absinthe, um, cognac, simple syrup, pishods, 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 bitters, and a lemon peel um, expressed garnish. So those are the ingredients in our version of the Sazerac that we're drinking now. The guy, Gary Reagan, also came up with another cocktail, which I just wanted to mention, which I thought was cool because it's called La Tour Eiffel. Ooh. Um, and it uses cognac as well. But then it mixes Cointreau Suze, which I've never heard of before. So maybe that's my negligence, but I'm going to look that up later. Suze as well as absinthe and a lemon twist. So it's like a little bit different variation. And for me... This one is a little bit more on the medicinal side. I don't think I would order this again unless it was at like a specific old, like we're in New Orleans or something situation. But that I might be in to try, not only because I love the name, but because it has Cointreau in it, which is like a a little bit sweeter like liqueur too. Mm -hmm. So So if we went to the bar and we're like, can I get a Sazerac? Would people know? like what that is i think so it's think? it's just like a Do they traditional stock brandy like what i'm sure but you probably won't get as good a quality brandy depending on the bar you're at they'll be like how old are you <laughs> why are you ordering a cocktail you that was started in the 1800s <laughs> yeah probably they'll probably be like why don't you just want like a cosmo or something normal yeah. but i don't know maybe it's kind of fun probably just depends it, on the bar I you're mean, at it just reminds me of like an old-fashioned or something yeah but it's some ice which yeah. is kind of nice it's just, just like, like a 
it's a sipping I cocktail. I want to read my book and yes. smoke my pipe. Oh, and it's funny that you say that because the tobacco thing is kind of like an incorporation. I feel like, like the taste of tobacco in your mouth while you're drinking it, that. like is oh an ingredient gosh, could you that imagine a smoked glass Ooh, with the sazerac yeah. in it oh my gosh that would be tasty yes. then you really are like you should like burn some rosemary and throw it yeah in do a do a smoke situation yeah. Ooh, that'd be that would okay i could see how this could, be, could adapted. be adapted yeah. yeah okay anyways so we're talking about the um first like the main spirit in here which is cognac and cognac is a type of um brandy so brandy is the category right cognac is a type of brandy it's similar to sparkling wine is the category and champagne is a type of sparkling wine the only Mm. difference is that champagne technically can only be made in the champagne region of france same thing with cognac cognac is a region in france okay so if it's cognac it's made in cognac if it's made anywhere else it's brandy So what is cognac? That's kind of what we want to know. And so I have this direct quote from the Remy Martin website. So we have no questions. It says, cognac is a type of brandy, a spirit made from fruit. It is made exclusively with grapes that are known for their superior aromatic properties grown in the cognac region of France. So that's what it is. Great. And um, something that they talk about a lot in wine, um, but especially applying here because cognac can only be made in the cognac region, they call this the AOC, which stands for, okay, I'm supposed to be able to speak French, Appellation d'origine contrôlée. which is like the controlled destination of origin. So like Mm. a specific piece of land that is deemed as that's called cognac and it can only be made in that like basically in that part of the world okay um there's three main requirements to satisfy the aoc the control destination of origin the first is that it must be made from the specific grape varieties such as ugni ugni blanc second it must be twice distilled in copper pot stills oh copper pot and third the last is that it must be aged in oak barrels for at least two years wow so that's that oakiness maybe that comes through and then there are six types of cognac and that's how they are um basically like rated and sold so there's vs very special vsop napoleon xo xxo and then the most rare that has to be aged over 30 years in oak barrels is Ordage. so like what? aged yeah 30 over 30 years so how long has ours like what was the xo so oh, wait, ours is xo uh-huh. so ours is the th- the fourth quality oh so we're pretty high up here and how many years was that did you say again? i'm not sure how many oh. years the xo one is i would have to go back and double yeah. check but so that's the but that's what cognac is but it's the fourth highest so we're having good quality (laughs) anyway so we'll get into the sazerac cocktail now that's our so we we talked about the cognac sazerac specifically is um one of the older cocktails as we talked about it's claimed to have like two kind of birthers i suppose 
Um, and they don't really have like a defined date. Some say it's between the 1830s and the late 1800s. Some um, specific articles are saying the year 1838 in a Creole apothecary um, by someone named Antoine Peychaud, which is the type of bitter that we have in our cocktail. Peychaud's bitters, so his bitters specifically. Um, I think also we have a lot going on in new orleans at the time so this is like a french influenced area of course in the 1800s um and it's also so the sazerac's also called like the cocktail of louisiana because it was said to be invented there so Mm. i think if i was in louisiana in um new orleans then i'd be like okay i want to have a sazerac because probably that's like gonna be the best sazerac ever Wow. So they got all of their brandy from France. Would have been any cognac would cognac. be from France, but brandy could be from somewhere else. Yeah. And New Orleans being in French influence, that makes sense. They yeah. probably just port there and right. here's a brandy. Imported and, and yeah, yeah, good to go. And the fact that it has the absinthe in it is just so like New Orleans to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like the green, Gras, creepy. The whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So. Interesting. They have like, I found um, from an article by Rebecca Orchant, Orchant, um, they have like four main points about the Sazerac drink. So just to keep it plain and simple, basically, um, they say the Sazerac gained popularity in the mid 1800s, as I said, at a place called the Sazerac Coffee House in New Orleans. Coffee House. Yeah. Um, and it was named for the Sazerac de Forge de Fil brand of cognac. So there was like, I guess, a brand of cognac that had Sazerac in the title. And then because the cocktail used that type of cognac, it was called the Sazerac, huh. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, secondly, the drink was originally made with cognac, but the Paul, I, I literally can't pronounce that. I don't Phloxera? know. Phloxera? Phloxera. Phloxera Phil- epidemic. Phloxera? Someone's going to be like, you don't know your history. You don't know how to pronounce it. Um, (laughs) P-H-Y-L-L-O-X-E-R-A. Phyloxera. Anyways, an epidemic in the 19th century that destroyed European vineyards and forced the New Orleans folks to switch to rye whiskey. Mm. So that's why some people say like, oh, a Sazerac's supposed to have rye whiskey in it. Well, actually, originally it would have had cognac. But because of the epidemic that ruined the vineyards, because it, cognac can only be made in cognac version of France, mm-hmm. they couldn't produce any more cognac. So then they're like, oh, no, we're going to make our cocktail. How are we going to make it? We put in rye whiskey because, of course, they have rye whiskey because they're in New Orleans. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Cool. The third element is that Peychaud's bitters, which is the guy we're talking about, the apothecarian slash. So cool. He kind of gives, he's kind of giving like mad scientist meets pharmacist meets yeah. apothecarist mm. to me mm. like that's how i'm imagining him anyways so he created these bitters that are specifically for the sazerac um or they're a must to make the cocktail so you can't make a sazerac without pishad's bitters um and they were also created in new orleans in the 1930s so that's why i think people affiliate like the cocktail had to be made with his bitters so then the original year of the Sazerac cocktail would have been in the 19th or 1830s. So our our last point from Rebecca's article says that despite what some claim, the Sazerac is not the original cocktail. Um, so that's actually, you know, reverse to what we kind of started out with. That this is the original cocktail, but technically they're saying in their 
research that the word cocktail was first defined in print in 1806, so about 25 years before um, Pichaud created his bitter. And that was um, defined as a mix of a spirit, water, sugar, and bitters, which is basically an old-fashioned. So Mm. technically, you could say that the first cocktail ever was the old-fashioned. But then quickly following as people started to make their own, you know, Pichaud's like, I'm going to make my own bitters. Then they make the, oh. the Sazerac. There you go. So that's our quick facts on the Sazerac. I also um, just think it's fun that absinthe is an element of this cocktail, mm-hmm. which I was going to bring like a little spritzer, but I forgot it to like spritz the glass with absinthe, which you do a lot with like the top of champagne absinthe cocktails but in this case it does the whole rinse method which is very Mm. like cocktail charismaticism if you will which Mm. is like you you put a drop or two in the glass which is very like mixologist looking and then you like rinse it around and chuck it so it like you don't you just need like the aura yeah it's like you won't even taste it really it's just but if you don't do it you'll taste the difference yeah that's that licorice it's just so Mm. strong Mm. like the power that you wield in your hands with all of these strong um, you have the bitters the absinthe yeah quality brandy cognac it does taste quality that's for sure good it does yeah Yeah. i agree i feel like it's like it's a nice little sip like you only had, I don't know, a third of the, a quarter of the glass mm-hmm. full. And yeah. I'm still barely digging it. Because I'm just tiny little sips. Just little sips. That's all you need. Yeah. It's very sophisticated. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Me too. But you had some stuff on absinthe. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about where does it come from? From the drunk, drunken botanist. I bet um, Amy Stewart and uh, for what's his name? Peixo would oh, yeah. have been friends. Peixo, oh yeah. They would have been friends. I bet they would have been yeah. friends, yeah. She would have been like, can I watch you work? Because it's really cool and I want to write it for my book. I want to take notes and photos. But what we discovered is that absinthe comes from wormwood, which is not how it gets its flavor, though. Okay. Um. So she says, anyone who's ever tried absinthe will be a surprise to find out that it does not taste at all like Artemisia absinthium, whatever that means. It's a very, wormwood is a pungent, silvery Mediterranean herb, produces volatile oils and bitter compounds that add a kind of mentholated bitterness to aromatized wines and liqueurs. But it isn't usually the primary flavor. In fact, absinthe tastes more like licorice, which we all know. But thanks to another main ingredient, anise. So like star anise and okay. stuff. Which is in mold wine. Yeah. So, oh, well, I guess what I should say is absinthe doesn't come from wormwood, but that's like one of its biggest mixy. It comes from that and anise and probably some other things. Okay. Yeah. But that's like the original plant that it would have been yeah. derived yeah, yeah. from? Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, Carl Linnaeus, something like that. Father of modern Texan taxonomy gave the plant its latin name when he published species plantinarum whatever in 1753 the word absinthe was already in use to describe the plant so when linnaeus named it he was simply formalizing the traditional name the drink known as absinthe would start to appear in liquor advertisements just a few decades later 
In addition to wormwood and anise, it traditionally contained fennel and perhaps a few other ingredients according to the distiller's preferences. So coriander, angelica, juniper, and star anise, for example. So the reason why we had a more historical cocktail and we're kind of trying to tie it together to people and how we are as humankind and our personalities and our uniqueness. Everyone is very unique in this world and that is a good thing. And I think like we've talked a lot about relationships with uh, like romantic relationships, friendships, um, personal goals and gains and etc. But now I want to talk a little bit more about like, why we think the way we think and kind of act like the way we act humanness and its patterns yeah kind of in like generalization and i think i want to i want to make a i don't know if you want to call this a disclaimer or what but i think that these types of tools can get misused yeah and it's important to use them as like more so as language to understand other people and their habits and their brain and how they work and also understand yourself it's just giving language and it's providing perspective rather than creating a reason to dislike someone Mm -hmm. or creating a reason to find i guess ways to manipulate people and stuff like that and i think at the end of the day drink it's your first (laughs) one this episode there you go (laughs) i think at the end of it um you can use personality tests. You can use any kind of typing of mm-hmm. humans mm-hmm. Um, as a tool to help relationships or as a way to hurt and kind of push away certain types of people. And it can kind of turn into like a, yeah. a religion if you overdo it. So Yeah, it can be used very dangerously, yes. but... I think it can be a good tool for a lot of clarity. You know, a lot of people, they're going through like, who am I? What am I? Reading these things it's just like oh that makes sense why i think that way or why i am that way we're constantly trying to better ourselves and this is like a tool or a stair step to do that rather than like i'm defined done i'm always going to be this way the parts that are bad about my personality that's just who i am you need to accept it the parts that are good that's the only good that i could ever do it's like it's not about limits it's about expanding yeah so what is this tool that we we are talking about um it is specifically the Enneagram, Enneagram, which the Enneagram has, I guess, been around for a very long time. I'm not going to go deep into the history. You can read it's that me. and look yeah. that up. But it's been used by a lot of, I think it was like, it started with monks and a lot of like Buddhist belief. And mm-hmm. then somehow kind of transitioned into like a Christian thing, like yeah. a lot of um evangelical like leaders like to use it and mm-hmm. um like it's even used in our like schools, in schools. <laughs> i think it's also used in businesses just like um some of the other types of like personality tests like yeah, strengths Myers finders, Strength finders yeah. like those are used as ways to you know create teams in in offices and maybe your office has even sent you a link to a Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. test and you're like oh here we go or it's similar to like the love languages tests like you have a partner send you what's your love language blah blah yeah. blah so it's it's in the realm of those things but I think that the Enneagram is one of the more like intellectual and yeah. one of the more like forgiving in a way right it makes 
it, you kind of have to read more into it. It's not very like, okay, here, like like the INTJ, INFJ, Myers Briggs yeah. stuff. Like, okay, you got this option or this option. Then right. you got this option and this option. Like, that's very structured and like, here it is. Yeah. I feel like the Enneagram kind of ebbs and flows. Right. And it's like, can be this way, but it can't. And like, yeah, eh. I feel like it's like, this is what you could be. But you could also have qualities of this and you could also have qualities in this way or this way. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, it's looking it's a, at Because it's a circle. It's I mean, look circle. at this diagram. Yeah. <laughs> look at this graph. Look at this graph. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's and a circle. It's a circle. So, so basically, let's, let's get into just the basic structure yeah. so we can get moving here. Yep. So nine. the Enneagram has nine, nine types. types. Let's We're say it again. Nine, nine types. types. That does not mean that there are nine <laughs> types of people in the world. They are generally saying that there are nine types of patterns in personalities and that though they deviate from these nine types yes. so it's considered a circle the top of the circle is the nine and then it goes from there one two three four five six seven eight and it's the idea that there's kind of this like cyclical mm-hmm. um motion in humanity and in the world and all of these parts make up a whole so you need yeah all of these and you some, need all these people don't get rid of the ones don't get rid of the twos nope we need them all we need them all and there's also some people who break down the enneagram and say that we every person has a little bit of each of the types in them it's Mm -hmm. another way to look at it and it's just like within which circumstances or within some people just have a little bit more of one or something yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so i tend to believe more so that you're kind of typed and then you wing to the right or left yeah. of your number and then your tendencies in health or hurt um act like other types that's sort of the model or in stress yeah. or yeah um and then health. there's also the like three sections so yeah. it's uh two through four are like the heart and that's how you make decisions yeah so based yeah. off your heart and then and then it's the five through seven i think is the mind the, mind, the head yep and eight through back to one is the body so like gut yeah. gut yeah, yeah yeah and that's just like yeah the way you're you make decisions you think act like you think more with your heart or a slash like you think more with your body yeah. like yeah and yeah. even in stress too like what's your first reaction when yeah. you are uh, hit with stress or hit with like a hard thing do you feel it like in your body like you get immediately tired whatever do you feel it in your yeah. brain do you go to logistics immediately do you feel it in your heart and your soul emotions yes yes so that's kind of like the basis overview overview yeah and we're going to get into the types i think that we're kind of talking in at a level of like we're familiar with the enneagram already we're pretty familiar yeah so if you're coming in completely cold i would definitely encourage you to do your own research on it Mm -hmm. um and then maybe come back to this or um read a couple articles there are some tools that we like i mean i've read the sacred enneagram book by chris hewart's great book it's 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 good it's pretty good i know like some other enneagram like history people kind of don't really like his teachings i think because he does come from a more spiritual christian like realm um but it, it's good. It's definitely very in-depth, very, like, in your feelings, emotional, not just, like, here it is, this is what it is. It's, like, how you use your Enneagram type and, and how you feel, like, to be better connected with God. Yeah. Or a God or the God or the universe or whatever mm-hmm. your 
thinking right and believing and also people too i think that yeah. it, it instructs you which i think is something that's if anything it's teaching you how to use a personality test thing like this in your actual life rather yeah. than like this is your type you're this yeah. done like yeah. give me why how can i use this in my life right um, which i really like about his teaching and then another fun little like tool that we another not tool but like a fun enneagram if you want to get into it i really love this artist sleeping at last yes. he did an album um it was like called I think it was Atlas and it was sort of about like the whole mind, body, soul. But then he also did a song for every Enneagram. Oh, uh, and then just like so when you know your type and then you like hear that song that's like, I guess your type. I don't, I don't know. I hate saying like your type, but, but, but like, yeah, you kind of like, number. no, you're like, yeah. oh, that. Yeah, I like that one the most. Or like, yeah, I, or like I the, felt that. The, <laughs> yeah. the way that, like, the way that yeah. they, like, he does his music is so like atmosphere esque. Uh-huh. So he really creates like a world as you're listening, and you like, I feel like the tempo and the different sounds that he uses and the lyrics all come together to really describe like a feeling Mm -hmm. and when you use that feeling the most based on your type when that's a feeling you're most familiar with it just oh right in the gut every time I hear four which is my I just am like (laughs) I'm hit in the feels so good but yeah he captured each of those perfectly and I that it's just a fun podcast because because then he has a podcast where he talks about each song and how he made it and he did a lot of fun things where he's like well I had a bunch of like musicians that are that type like do the piano for the song or the this for the song and he has like these footprints that are like oh my friend who is a five for the five song she just said something or whatever so we're gonna do one through five okay. for this episode and yeah. then we're gonna do a part two that's eight through no six sorry through six through nine, nine. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> math um so quickly do you want to do like one Flip-flop. two three four yeah yeah okay yeah. so i'll start, with, I'll start one. with one yeah. okay so also i want to say that there's kind of like two main um um sources that we use mm-hmm. the enneagram institute which is a great place to research more about the enneagram and then one that i love which is a website that looks like it was made in 2001 <laughs> it's an old website oh. but it has not changed and it's amazing it's really like lays it out in bullet points if you don't want to read articles for days um and it's called nine types.com the number nine types.com so some of our stuff and descriptions is coming from both of those sites anyways so the enneagram one They are called the Reformer. They also have other names, but usually um, the Reformer or the Rational. Um, They're the idealistic type. Their characteristics are defined as principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. Yeah. And uh, we went ahead and wanted to choose a plant and a cocktail that we thought best like went with that type so because it's fun it's cute it's fun yeah don't hate don't hate (laughs) we're just having fun and if it's not you i'm sorry yeah we didn't really have a big 
variety of people that we talked to. It was just us going like, I think this is a I think this would be cute. Let's do that. So what was our cocktail for one? So for one, we said their cocktail is the dry, dirty gin martini stirred, mm. not shaken. Because no. they are the self-controlled, perfectionistic. When you look at a dry, or sorry, when you look at like a gin martini, it's just mm-hmm. like, perfect it's just it's sitting clear there. yeah it's just really just nice very nice and clean and it's it it gets to the point too Principled, with it being a martini purposeful yes and it's also <laughs> classic like yeah. i feel like the reformer is it, it they appreciate like tradition I yeah feel like yeah yeah, yeah no that makes a lot of sense so then the plant, we were saying they resemble the spider plant. Yeah. I still think the spider plant. I we still keep going like back the, and we, forth. Yeah, we yeah. keep going back and forth. But I feel like the spider plant makes sense for Enneagram ones because the, well, first of all, because of the way the leaves are. They're very like thin and They come from refined. like one They come from point, the center. Usually, yeah. Um, also to propagate a spider plant, it has to have a growth that comes out and you have to like, it like yeah. plants cut itself it or you have to cut it off and put it in new ground. Right. So you can't like propagate it with seeds or whatever like it kind of spurts from itself which yeah. i feel like is very it's it's got a purpose one. it's growing yep. to create more little babies and also spider plants have um the type of roots that retain water oh, yeah. which i think could also be very enneagram one because they're like very like i don't want to say stubborn but they're like strong-willed yeah and i think spider plants they're hard to kill like they're they're pretty sturdy but they're very like seamless sturdy yeah so anyways let's talk about (laughs) the plant really quick we also want to talk about the childhood wound which we didn't bring up earlier so a big part about the enneagram especially the sacred enneagram chris hewitt's likes to pinpoint on each type has this childhood wound and then he's always like i hate using that word it's not really a childhood wound. wound it's not saying that like your parents did a bad job it's just something that all like all of us as kids, we experienced all these things, but one thing during our childhood we really latched on to more, and that may be why we're like leaning more this way, mm-hmm. like why we are a little more this way. So for the yeah. one, you're going to read the nine types like description of that. Uh, Yeah, so the nine types description, they say basically like ones as children. So if you're a one or if you think you might be a one, these bullet points might like hit home to you. So they're saying, or maybe some of them, that's the other thing too. It's not all of them have to apply to you, just like a couple or more than the others. Anyways, so they say that nines, or sorry, ones (laughs) as children uh, criticize themselves in anticipation of criticism from others. They refrain from doing things that they think might not come out perfect. So a little bit of childhood perfectionism there. They focus on living up to the expectations of their parents and teachers. Um, they're very responsible and they may assume the role of a parent. Yeah. And lastly, <clears throat> they hold back negative emotions because good children aren't angry. Yeah. I, I think Chris also like in his sacred Enneagram, like just pinpoints on how much they felt heavily critic criticized and punished yeah. as kids and that may not be their or parents punished 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 and just had stricter rules maybe they or had stricter like, rules yeah. or maybe they had stricter rules that they put on themselves they, yeah that's true 
That's true. Which is that responsibility bit. Then the last point we're going to talk about with each one of these types is the gifts. So we're going to end on the positive. Yes, because each one is very special. And like we said, we need them all to have a healthy humanity ecosystem world (laughs) yeah seriously healthy plant ecosystem exactly um the sacred enneagram says that ones in their best there are some of their gifts is that some of the most they are some of the most integrous people they have good clarity and manage their emotions well they remind us of what is good and they can trust themselves they know themselves very well. They know apparently. themselves. But they, um, Enneagram Ones, use their gut center or their body center when they're making decisions. Well, that's gut. And that's body, right? No, this is gut. Eight well, that's head. This oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yep. I know this yep. is I'm an eight. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought gut and body was <laughs> They use was their different. gut and yeah, body. Right. And also, I just want to point this out. When a one is being stressed, they act like a four, oh. which we'll get into, which is the romantics, which is completely opposite of a one. Um, I could talk about this all day. But anyways, <laughs> we'll keep going. Then when they're in health, a one acts like a seven, oh. which is the like enthusiast, the more... Yeah. Um, kind of sporadic have a hard time making decisions in the in negativity so it's like they lose some of their like uptight like ness yeah and they get a little more loose and fun when and they're maybe, like relaxed and maybe and, like, that more... in negative times could come out as like rebellious yeah 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 emotional being very yeah. emotional but when they're relaxed <laughs> they are not as emotional yeah when they're relaxed they're like yeah fun loving let's do it yeah. i think that that's because they have that like i can trust myselfness mm-hmm. about them that's mm-hmm. like i know in my gut we're having a good time i'm here let's yeah be their body doesn't feel probably as like i'm in defense mode and like tight yeah 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 that's cool I'm okay, glad so the that two. you printed this off. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> the two. Um, so the two. So just a quick brief uh, what it is overall. Um, I think this is from the Enneagram Institute. They are called the caring or the giver, helper. Um, they're demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. Um the cocktail that we kind of put together, not not quite a, qu- a cocktail, a cocktail, not cu- quite a cocktail, but sort of because you can, yeah, um, we can cocktailize it. We gave them the mold wine, yes, because it's just heartwarming, and whenever you drink it, you just feel cozy and happy and warm, and it, it, it like gives you life, which mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of twos give us life in yeah. a way because they're just so helpful and they want to just they're very nurturing and I yeah, think that like yeah. warmness about mold wine and also mold wine just reminds me of like holidays and, and like family home. time and home yeah. and twos are so just like how are you doing yeah. like every two that I've ever met has always been like how are you yeah. how can I help like, you too I'm gonna cry yeah exactly yeah. so how just grab a cup of mold wine with your two friend and just sit and talk about your life joy yeah and then so the plant we chose the pothos Mm -hmm. iconic obvious um because they're i mean they give so much life in a room like i have a million pothoses because they survive well in all places dark places Mm -hmm. 
they bring light to a room. Yeah, they really <laughs> do. And um, they like foster, like propagate. They yeah. like, you know. When you propagate other plants, you can like put um, a pothos leaf in with that propagation. Yeah. And it actually helps like stimulate faster growth. Yeah. Which I that's think that's so, so true. That's such a that's do. That's so true. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so the childhood wound, um, you gave like the nine types. Yeah, I'll, I'll go through the nine types points. Okay. Um, they are very sensitive to disapproval and criticism. Uh, they try hard to please their parents by being helpful and understanding, are outwardly compliant, are popular, or try to be popular with other children. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Act coy, precocious, or dramatic in order to get attention are clowns and jokers, the more extroverted twos, or quiet and shy, the more introverted twos. Um, yeah, they, I, like Chris kind of mentioned that these children felt loved only if they were helping or pleasing others. Mm. Their personal needs felt selfish. Like they, they felt like they couldn't love themselves as much they had mm-hmm. to like love others which i feel is like twos uh maybe someone who's typed as a two when they were a kid in school they behaved really well and so yeah. the teacher would seat them next to maybe a kid who wasn't behaving as well yeah. and the two would feel fulfilled maybe in that moment because they're able to help someone and they would feel yeah. excited to do that but i think that twos um can drain themselves yeah easily yeah and then they feel it's very draining very drained because they're yeah. helping other people all the time and they don't often hear from other people how can i help you mm-hmm. they don't really hear that mm-hmm. a lot so. yeah love uh became defined as giving to others though the love often didn't feel received or reciprocated yeah so that's very give that's give your love your two friend a lot of love a lot of love yeah they need it but their gifts obviously we know so many of their gifts yeah they're First of all, emotionally intelligent, which I thought Huge. is very interesting because they need to like understand a person. Yeah. Like they come to you, they ask you questions, but they understand, which yeah. is crazy because yeah. sometimes you're like, I don't really know what's going on with you. I don't know how to help. But so they know others emotions better than they know themselves. Maybe that's a gift. Maybe that not. Yeah. <laughs> Super <sighs> empathetic, natural nurturers like you said, mm-hmm. among the most generous of the types. Yeah. So Which is love. can be used and taken advantage of, I think, yeah. by other people. Because they're like, I know you're always going to help me if I yeah. need help. Like that friend who you know you can always ask, will you help me move? And they're like, uh. I really <laughs> don't want to help you, but I'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> X, Y, Z. Um, and their arrows. Oh, yeah. What their stress and relax. Um, so two, when stressed, they become an eight yeah oh which is interesting that, that i feel like that's where the like um kind of possessive nature might come in yes as an eight kind of like dominance like Domin- i'm yeah. finally putting my foot down yeah yeah that's interesting and then in stress i have to like woo. or in health because in, in stress he- they're an eight. Oh, sorry in relax and when they're relaxed they're they a, like a four, a four mm-hmm. which they're already so emotionally intelligent, but they probably are like, I think as a four, that's more internal emotion. Ooh. So they're like able to understand themselves better because usually they're trying to understand others Other so people. much. Yeah. But like when they're healthy, they're like, I am understanding my emotions Ooh. better. So that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. That okay. does. 
So three. Yes. So the threes um, could be called the performer, the motivator. Um, they are the success-oriented. Um, they are seen as a pragmatic type. So words to describe them would be adaptive, excelling, driven, and image-conscious. Mm. Yeah, so them being image conscious when we were deciding a cocktail, it had oh, to yeah. be one that was like really yeah, yeah, striking, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I think that um, the Cosmo, the Cosmopolitan, uh, and it immediately makes me think of Sex in the City too and yeah. Carrie Bradshaw, and she is so image conscious. So I feel like she could be a three, to be oh, honest 100%. with you. The like, achiever? The achiever yeah, aspect yeah. of them, like goal oriented, mm-hmm. but like vanity, like vanity can kind of be like, I think it's one of their vices, but anyways. Yeah. Uh, so we said the Cosmopolitan, yes, which pretty. they're very striking <laughs> in color. They're in a complicated glass because they're in that martini glass, whatever. Or like a tip that could be, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I also think that a lot of drinks made in the martini glass are like classy, ex- excelling, mm-hmm. high class, mm-hmm. expensive, X, Y, Z. So yeah. anyways, then we said for the plants for the Enneagram 3 was the wandering sailor or the transescantia. Is that the other hey, way to pronounce it? I don't it? remember. It don't also know. was, uh, used to be a more, uh, controversial name. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's been renamed to be more, um, polite, but yes, yeah. the wandering sailor google it if you want to know plant people you know what we're talking about anyways <laughs> so i think this plant is um it sometimes is used in landscaping because it's very hardy which makes mm-hmm, sense for mm-hmm. the enneagram three yeah. they're very like they will get in there if they need to um and i also think it's very like it has this like, purpley color yeah. it's kind of unique it stands unique. out because it's not green mm-hmm. and it has like a really fun there's like the purple kind but also the variegated kind oh, is yeah. like pink and green it's, it's like, so pretty all that stuff going on yeah. it's got a lot going on yeah. so it's like but it's also free. so fast growing yeah so fast oh yeah persistent yeah yeah if it's healthy if it's healthy (laughs) so speaking of um the nine types description bullet points for the enneagram three talking about the childhood wound they say threes as children work hard to receive appreciation for their accomplishments are well liked by other children and by adults they are among the most capable and responsible children in their class or school And lastly, are active in school government and clubs or are quite busy working on their own projects. Mm. Which just really goes to show, I think, that something that threes either do subconsciously or really, really work hard to do is have um, physical proof of their achievements. Which is why they do really, really well in school and why they're probably in some kind of... um, social career but career where um your success is measured either mm-hmm. by title or whatever it is so and i'm sure words of affirmation are their like number one lung- probably, love language yeah <laughs> words of aff- or acts of service because it's oh, like sure. people or like they're serving res- under them yeah yeah, yeah maybe yeah, yeah 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 i think chris also said these children felt rewarded only for what they did and how well they did it yeah yeah, yeah. so i'm sure very strict households like 
you make sure you got to get your A's and this and that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, definitely. And they kind of responded. I think a lot of households are like that. And there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. having a strict household no, for your children. Of course, no, no, but they received it as this is how I know that yeah. I'm worthy of more or that I'm good enough yeah. or whatever. They took it maybe harder than some other kids might sure. take it. Exactly. Uh, gifts as far as a three. They add value to others' lives and help others see their significance, which I think is so precious mm-hmm. about threes, mm-hmm. is they can see, like, individuality from StrengthsFinder. Yeah. They definitely have individuality. Oh, yeah. Because they can see, like the strengths in a person and be like you're good at that they yep. make like probably good bosses and managers yeah. and ceos because they're like you're good at that go do it and you're like oh okay you know mm-hmm. anyways um they're also incredibly focused sincere loving and smart and driven yeah i think like the the one three that i really know of her gift is definitely seeing people's significance mm-hmm. i feel like she's always there to tell you like you're amazing at this thing like you need to keep going at it yep she's definitely like a pump up like yeah. builder upper like i feel like I threes know. are the type of friend that you go to when you need like a a respectful kick in the ass you yeah. know what i mean yeah, like you're like am i good at this they'll be like no no but you have a good thing going here yeah yeah do that, <laughs> do yeah. that instead because <laughs> exactly. you're pretty terrible right no. <laughs> well, well two if you go to them they'd be yeah. like you know what how can i help you understand yeah. where you're at right now let's yeah. not think about all that other stuff can right. i do something to maybe make you yeah. feel more well, how do you feel about that yeah <laughs> yeah right like whatever and then the one is like oh, i don't know <laughs> the one is just like yeah that's your problem you're gonna have to figure uh, that out no i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but hey the difference here we're in twos and threes now which they are in their heart center yes. they use their heart yes and you can see that shift from a one strengths when we're talking about um the ones being body. like yeah yeah reminding us of what's good and that they can trust themselves and managing their emotions well and then we get into twos and it's like emotions everywhere yeah. everywhere <laughs> everywhere yeah. and some um, threes even though i feel like they are a little bit more reserved yeah. just because i feel like people that are so smart and driven yeah kind of keep to themselves yeah. and stuff but it's still very emotional coming from the heart mm-hmm. and not just like mind body it's like it's definitely more of an emotional thing definitely when a three is in um stress they actually act like a nine which is the peacemaker Mm. so they're gonna avoid conflict with everything they have to be like i need to figure this out which i is why i think that threes work alone really well perhaps Mm. or they're like very good at being self-motivated because some other competition might be too distracting like they're focusing on the competition rather than the task yeah just me, just an observation. As far as um, when they're in health, a three acts like a six, which is the loyalist. Mm-hmm. So we talked mm-hmm. about how they're um, uh, they're helping others see their significance. Sixes also, I think, are given the bad rap for being a little bit like, oh, they're, they're the questioner. They're asking all these questions. They're kind of like yeah. insecure in a way because they're asking questions. But I think in a when that's used in a positive way, you're actually able to find like the root of the problem or the root of what's going on mm-hmm. and then make it happen, which is like that individualized motivation. Or like then they're not thinking so, they're not driven so much by their heart and like, I need to do this because I just, I feel like I need it. They're like, no, wait let's think about this mm-hmm. let's work through it right which is the six I using think, their head yeah center. i think maybe i don't go after this as much or i still do 
I'm very driven, but like, let's do it in a more like practical way. Cause totally. I may be a little bit impractical about the ways that I want to achieve the things I want to achieve. Threes are very complex. Yeah. I think, uh, just as like an Enneagram eight threes and ones are definitely like eights, threes and ones are the most like stubborn, I think of the Enneagram types mm-hmm. in how they are yeah. like competition for the boss type of that people. part of a triangle? Oh, that's kind of a triangle. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. So when I think of threes and I think of ones, I think that I have like similar qualities, but they, they're in different ways. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I think that, yeah. yeah. Okay. So the four. The four, um, they are the romantic, the sensitive, uh, withdrawn type. Uh, they're very expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed and temperamental. Um, and... I guess I am a four, even though sometimes I'm like, am I really? But do you wing? But I do wing heavily three, two, I think, still. You wing three? Four wing three? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was what I tested as. Yeah. Um, But so for this uh, cocktail, for this type, we chose the aviation. Airplane noises. (laughs) Because, um, well, it's a very unique cocktail Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of enneagram fours they struggle a lot with their identity trying to find who they are they want to be different from everyone else Mm -hmm. um so i think the aviation just being that it is unique and like the color purple how many cocktails are colored purple and like a pale <laughs> purple Pl- yeah. it has creme de violette has luxardo it has like some it's like very like complicated rare too. experiential type yeah. of aromatic it's an experience mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. aviation it's in your feels it feels very romantic too yeah in a way yeah i don't know like what Just setting are you going to order a like, yeah. aviation Does like it have gin in it yeah it has gin. Gin. yeah mm-hmm. right, right right you know oh. you're going to like a swanky place or you're yeah. going to somewhere really nice yeah, yeah. In a coupe glass or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, so I don't know. Thought that was maybe right, maybe wrong. Who knows? Uh, the plant, we chose a string of hearts. <laughs> Makes sense. The feels, the heart, the romantic hearts. They're hard to keep alive sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They are. They need a lot of... They, they kind of like need a lot of water in a way, even mm-hmm. though they... They need a lot of water, but they also, succulents. they also need the top sun. Yeah. They, they need, need a lot, a lot of, of sun, both. Yeah. Which I realize my emotions are definitely uh, fluctuated because of the sun. Um, so the as children, we um, often have active imaginations, play creatively alone, or organize playmates in original games. Basically, we all had fictional friends. Uh, very creepy, very paranormal activity style. It's terrifying. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, are very sensitive. <laughs> uh, feel that they don't fit in. Believe they are missing something that other people attach. Oh, that other people attach them. Oh wait, believe they are missing something that other people have. Mm, that like jealousy, vice kind of thing. Yeah, attach themselves to idealized teachers heroes artists etc um become anti-authoritarian or rebellious when criticized or understood or not understood feel lonely or abandoned perhaps as a result of a death or their parents divorce 
That's, that's uh, very specific. That's a very specific claim. Yeah, yeah. But maybe they mean just like a, a something that happened when you were a child that would right. be like up, uprooting your world yeah. sort of a thing. These children kind of going to the secret Enneagram description, uh, they felt abandoned by one or both caretakers or they felt alone, um, cut off from the source of love. They were not seen or mirrored, felt different from their parents and would turn inward to their feelings and imagination to cope. Um, I don't, I like kind of get that. I kind of don't. I don't think my, the childhood wound, I feel like particularly pertains to me in the most uh, like intense way. Like I, I didn't experience a death my parents are still together yeah i mean maybe they fall once in a while but like whose parents parents did you know i think (laughs) that maybe like maybe i don't know yeah but i do think i know why i may still like feel this way okay i am the youngest Mm. of five right we all like obtained way different personalities Mm. and then i think me being the youngest i was like where do I fit in? So I, just, that was I was maybe. trying to like find a way to fit in. Yeah. But I just didn't know where I belonged or something. And maybe like a kid who isn't a four would be like, I'm a kid, whatever. But yeah. a four would be more aware of that and be like, right. I, it's important. I'm realizing as a kid that it's important for me to belong and have an identity. Yeah. How do I find it? Even just having that concept of thought is very intellectual, first of all, mm-hmm. for a kid to have. But I think second of all, it's very unique to the four because they are seeking kind of like a, a, a an identity always, but an identity that's different mm-hmm. or unique, special. Yeah. And I think because being the youngest, my parents were occupied by all the other kids. Sure. So I was kind of left to my own devices even though i wasn't like a rebellious kid at all like definitely not yeah and i think that's where like some of the wing three comes in because i felt like i had to be the best in a way i can definitely see like when your competitive side comes out i can see like that three element like the positive elements of a three coming through yeah so like we're saying all of these types they kind of work in all of our lives but there are a couple that we're more focused on sure so and yeah and then i like as a kid wanted to try everything too because mm. I was I, I I never really became like an inward like quiet separated sep- I didn't like separate myself from everyone but I just wanted to like try everything sure to like yeah. see where I again fit in yeah so so the gifts then specifically <clears throat> for oh, the yeah. four uh so they're said to be highly creative unique exceptional uh, very sensitive and sentimental, but they help others understand the spectrum of human emotions. Um, they're very particular and usually accurate. Mm-hmm. They know the aesthetic and nuance of an emotion. I thought this was kind of interesting. They, like, understand emotion mm-hmm. in a way. Like, they're not really good at, like, I think talking to someone and, like, feeling their emotion. They're not really as empathetic, but they're, like, that emotion you're feeling, yeah, I know, I understand. Like, I know it. Yes. Like, I can pinpoint it. But I can't, like, 
help you maybe empathy is kind of hard but yeah it's like i know what you're going i know what you're going through because i've experienced <clears throat> it because i think fours experience emotion very like intentionally and yeah. deeply yeah yeah i definitely see that um like aesthetic creative element of course like in you and i think that is your work too like being an art that makes sense yeah um like i want to be the unique and exceptional one like that's just like yeah part and and it's just like that's who i am like love it or list it bro yeah 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 i think that how can i be so creative and unique but i think you also strive for that in your work which is why you're useful in a on a team and why people really value your opinion because you're like no that's been done before i think we could try this and like doing it so like um like vibrantly when Mm -hmm. you create your work but it, it stands out it's like oh Samara had her hands in that you for can sure. tell me though if it's bad uh, oh yeah I'll <laughs> tell you if it's bad but <laughs> I think that and I think you receive like criticism well which is maybe the three coming through because yeah. I think fours don't receive criticism very well or they no. have like like words we get ang- we get very emotional like hurt. Yeah. yeah what was that that they it was in the like, like nine times types yeah they get yeah. criticized They're very sensitive <laughs> yeah very sensitive and yeah. they become anti-authoritarian which is like the um when criticized or not yeah oh yeah there we go which is like the conflict avoidant yeah sort of thing yeah i guess yeah i could see that could so see that. you so you identifying as a four wing three do you feel mm-hmm. like this is like accurate i i think so okay. yeah and i think it's helped a lot because I kind of came into the Enneagram, I, like I, I found out about it in college, which was like peak time. I think in high school, I didn't like feel as emotional. I think I was still just trying to understand like what emotion was. Mm. And I was just going through the motions, trying to find friends, friendships. And then I was sort of uprooted like sophomore year of high school. And that's when I think I was like, oh, I am like super emotional and in my Mm. thoughts and like who am i blah 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 and that's actually maybe a good correlation to the whole like parents who are divorced or death in the family like having a big change having a life yeah Yeah, moving then definitely going through college you're again uprooted yeah and then in college you're like okay this i'm going to college for a specific reason i'm learning these things because that's gonna be my career Mm -hmm. la 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 and so I went, I was like, oh, I'm going to pursue film because I'm so creative. Yep. Um, but then it was like, now, I don't know. I like chose something for myself, but I still didn't feel like it was quite right. Mm. So I was going through a lot of like weird episodes of like really stressed, like this is what I've always wanted. This is what I meant to be. Okay. But I don't know if it is. I don't know. And then coming into and then like i think i got i learned about the enneagram and i was like oh i'm very emotional (laughs) yeah i mean that's uh, a great way to like kind of explain how you can use this as a tool to like understand yourself even more so then like oh i am i'm i'm coming at this in a more emotional way why am i doing that like trying to be in in inward thinking or like being aware of your emotions i think there's also so i just wanted to bring this up just because you're you're a four yeah um (laughs) but or four wing three but four the nine types like blurb also has other elements that we're not discussing just for the sake of time mm. because we could probably spend like two episodes oh my gosh. we could take an episode for each person each one yeah. minimum yeah so 
um, the four, they, they're called the romantics in the nine types language. And they have like, how to get along with me, what I like being for, what's hard to be about for, um, fours as children. And we're just reading the children's bit. Um, and I think the part that says what's hard about being a four, the first line is experiencing dark moods of emptiness mm. and despair. Oh my God. A hundred percent during college me. I think what's helped though, is like relying a little more on other people. Mm. Because I am not like relying on them, but like really not relying just solely on yourself, but getting the strength from your friends Mm. and the people that you trust. And Mm -hmm. like I I think my relationships have helped me a lot because I think I could have become very I'm also very introverted, but I think I would have become more introverted if I didn't realize like, oh, I am very emotional. I kind of need people around. Otherwise, I could get, like, really out of control. Mm. Even though I really like being alone. Yeah. I think I still need... Like, that alone time can become no longer healthy. Yeah, because then I'm just spiraling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then people will help you kind of, like, get out of that or just have perspective on those times of, like, emptiness or despair or whatever dramatic adjective. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Those moments that are, like, I think fours are good at identifying because they experience in them like they experience yeah. them a lot so like when someone else is having that type of moment you can be like you're going you're just going through it like yeah. go get through it kind of a thing i also started journaling a lot i think i really started journaling when i was listening to like the enneagram like the sleeping at last enneagram oh, and yeah. stuff and like yeah. a couple years before that like was really getting into it mm-hmm. and especially like beginning of la yeah but now I don't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that helped too. Just like you trying that. to get your like thoughts and emotions mm. on a page. Instead of just feeling like emptiness. Yeah. You're like, okay, let me put this into words. Yeah. If you, yeah, I would say like, you know, if you're struggling with identity crises. Yeah. <laughs> and you are, uh, yeah, just feeling lost and a lot of like despair. I would say, yeah, number one, write those down mm-hmm. because you're just like in your head thinking in your heart emotional it's good to yeah it's good to go from the heart into the mind a little Mm -hmm. bit and Mm -hmm. think like okay what are these things a b c d e Mm -hmm. and then i think more into the body you're like with other people you're doing things you're like kind of distracting yourself a little bit from like Mm, yeah whatever but don't just like get sucked into a hole like yeah be with those people that you trust and talk to them maybe talk to a two (laughs) yeah which is interesting because fours as twos in or fours act like twos in stress yeah which is like let me help let me extend overextend myself maybe i think it's like forgetting about yourself and just putting and trying to help others before helping yourself kind of okay yeah 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 you're like i want to forget about my problems i just want to like focus on yeah you and focus on you and yeah and use that as like a distraction but in health how do you identify as a one in health i think that's where the like you know let's like stop trying to be more ethereal about everything don't be like oh the the universe and the world is not aligning it's like let's let's get back to the tax and the brass mm. and the tax and like mm-hmm. let's just you know structure it yeah like oh i know another thing that's helped in my life 
is uh tasks like lists okay yep you always got your list i got my list and that has helped so much in my life because i think uh i think emotional people also are just like oh i I just i know what i feel like i know what i need at the moment but then you just kind of like lose control Mm, a little bit yeah i think heart people lose control more than like mind and body people do see that in a way or like they lose emotional control Yeah. yeah 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 so just having structure is good but also structure is good for everyone but i think yeah I don't yeah. know. Do you have a lot of lists? <laughs> I I feel like you you yeah, you know it. It's in my you head. Like, yeah. yeah, it's in my head. And I you, make lists for like the grocery store, but then mm-hmm. I usually don't really follow it. Also, I cannot follow a regimen to save my gosh dang life. Oh, like, like a like a routine. Routine. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like I don't know if it's easier. Like, are you better at it? Like, I don't. <laughs> I think but, I can be. I think I do like some like routine structure, yeah. but I also like it if I'm in control of it, which is very right. eight. Yeah. But I also think that maybe you would struggle with routine because it's not unique. It's like oh, yeah. bland. And I struggle I do, with when that I just want to go with whatever yeah. I'm feeling at the moment. Yeah. And then my husband is a seven. Oh, yeah. So I just wanted to quickly pinpoint on how it's funny yeah. that he's a seven. Sevens are usually very extroverted. They can be introverted, but mm-hmm. they are very like life, fun, loving, whatever. And my relationship with him <laughs> is usually me being like... <sighs> why is the everything so hard and like why am I so sad and I just don't want to talk to you and he's just like always having to try to figure out my feelings because <laughs> just always like what is wrong what with is you going on? but sevens like, are mind focused which yeah. is probably a good thing for both of you because then you can maybe center him into more of his feelings and he can yeah. push you more to thinking with your brain he definitely not, you're not but like you know no, with your mind yeah. yeah he definitely does like feel i think like sevens do feel a lot too but they mm-hmm. just like don't really understand like their emotions as much i think maybe I uh a seven thing sevens don't really have the routine thing either i don't no. think and he's yeah. no and, and they so like I they have need to, structure yeah. or whatever yeah and i yeah. think that they maybe have that same thing with like the way that they feel problem solve um mm-hmm. and they have like a hard time like committing to one thing i think that's a seven thing um but he's yeah. also very creative too mm-hmm. um so that's fun for us because we're just a very creative all over the place everywhere some Couple. of the most creative yeah people <laughs> ever in the whole world yeah I, but i think it's we have a hard time understanding each other emotionally Let's move on to the last one. Yeah. So the Enneagram 5, which is the last one we'll talk about for this episode. Um, the Enneagram 5 uh, is defined as the observer, the thinker. Um, we're moving out of the heart center and into the mind center. So 2, 3, and 4 oper- operate based off their heart. And 5 uses their mind. Um, they are the cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated very kind of like mysterious yeah um which (laughs) i think is so the cocktail that we defined for the five which is the old-fashioned um that i feel like the old-fashioned is the person who's sitting with their back up against the wall of a bar and they're looking they're observing they're usually or like an old 
man, why do I say old man? Or just like a person reading a philosophy book. Oh, yeah. Drinking an old fashioned. Very like 100%. motivated by intellectual yeah. conversation. It does feel like a very blah, intellectual blah, blah. drink. Yes. Old fashioned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take an old fashioned. And it's like simple. It's relatively simple. It's yeah. just like whiskey elevated. Anyways, their plant we talked about as the uh, raven ZZ plant. So the ZZ plant having like a lot of structure and it's kind of like a waxy leaf, which I think is like hard edges, which Mm -hmm. might kind of be like it kind of looks like razory. Yeah, Yeah, like and kind of like it's a little aggressive, like intimidating. I think fives can sometimes be intimidating, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And. Also, the the raven version is the black yeah, ziti yeah. plant, so very so mysterious. mysterious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as children, fives spend a lot of time alone, reading, making collections, and so on. They have a few special friends rather than many, so less friends rather than a ton of friends. They're very bright and curious and do well in school have independent minds and often question their parents and teachers, which that is very, I think that's very true to the five in good and, and bad. Um, I don't want to say bad, in, in strength and or in health and in weakness. Um, they watch events from a detached point of view, gathering information, which is that person sitting in the back of the bar with their old-fashioned ob- observing, <laughs> right? They yeah. assume a poker face, even more so old-fashioned, uh, in order to not look afraid, which is very interesting. So their poker face is not to intimidate, but rather to not look afraid. Um, they're sensitive, avoid interpersonal conflict, and feel intrigued upon and controlled and or ignored and neglected feel intruded upon oh I think sorry you said intrigued they're intrigued <laughs> they're no. very intrigued they're very intrigued they're and intruded, no yeah. ignored yes excuse me so they're they feel maybe ignored and or also neglected yeah i think fives are the hardest for me to understand for some reason well, with the enneagram and they're the, also the hardest type in yeah. a way i think a lot of people i i, I usually they're said to have like they dislike the Enneagram. They mm-hmm. don't believe in it or like they just, they, yeah, they despise it. Um, oftentimes like they'll be like, well, I'm not any of these. Mm, and yes. that's usually a five. A five. Yeah. 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 That's true. Which I think is kind of the, um, like, I don't know. I think that's like the questioning, independent, like yeah. very intellectual in yes. their heads. Yes. I'm everything at once, but not at all. And I don't right. know. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're interesting. And then, and then like, I think another reason that they're mistyped is because when they're in stress, they act like a seven, which mm. could maybe be confusing because yeah. if at one point you hold this more like reserved mm. poker face stature and you then that was their stress. in stress, oh, yeah, you act a little bit more indecisive. Well, we go into their, well, their gifts. Yeah. They're, they're like, they're good at being sociable. I think yes. they're like make good conversation mm-hmm. with people. Which would make sense. Makes sense. They're also, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which their strength or when they are acting in health, they act like an eight, which would be a very confident mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. conversationalist rather yeah. than a like more sporadic seven. Maybe. Yeah. Like they're trying to uh, like they're stressed. So they're like, oh, let me just act like goofy so yeah. people like me yes. or like yeah i don't know and yeah. maybe that like charismatic um 
disposition helps them to gain more perspective or yeah. intellect and so on. Or it's kind of like a mask for it's them. Like coping like mechanism, like, yeah. maybe. Yeah. It says in their gifts from the sacred Enneagram, um, they are socially gifted, like you said, mm-hmm. uncovering. They're super capable at getting to the bottom of something, which is really under interesting. They're good at getting to the bottom of something and understanding something. Um, because I feel like fives sometimes like five wing sixes are mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've come across a lot of five wing sixes because they're very like questionable. They're they're ask a lot of questions, mm-hmm. but they're also like they're asking almost leading questions. Like yeah. they know the answer, but they're asking for more they're like mm-hmm. gathering they're the chipmunks of the enneagram <laughs> oh yeah they just gather soak up everything yeah they have all the answers it says and they're also incredibly intelligent yeah i think i know i think my brother might be a five i don't know i it's hard to tell the not my oldest brother but my next oldest brother so closest in age to me yeah which were very similar in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but i thought growing up he was very much a four or a seven because he was very like into theater sure very sociable in school had a lot of like had a lot of friends but also was just like friendly with everyone Mm. um and then growing up became more of like a four because he was like very into like aesthetic and Mm. like i don't know intelligent whatever but now i think he's turned more into a five or I thought turned more into a nine, but I think a five is more realistic because mm. he, he loves to learn. Yeah. But I think he then is a five wing four. Okay. I think that's yeah. where like the artisticness yeah. comes in. It's like, cause I, I always just thought he was a four. Okay. Very much like me, but yeah. I, I think, I think he's more of like a thinker observer, like mm. whatever, but I don't know. And I'll like motivated by intel intellect yeah wow we just went through all five the first was, five not all five yeah. the first five first five there's a speed round or kind speed of round. like yeah maybe next week we can kind of like slow it down next month ne- why do i say week i don't know i don't know did you put something <laughs> on the calendar i'm not aware of yeah no. <laughs> uh, yeah next month yeah i'll have a lot of time to think about it and you get to talk about your Enneagram. That's true. Eight wing seven over here. The Yay. Maverick. Ooh. That's what the oh, that's eight wing seven oh, is. Oh, so the wings also have like titles. Yeah. Oh, I don't I know what the four mind. wing three is. I have yeah, to go back and look at Yeah. Let me know. I also think that if you are going to try and get into the Enneagram, if you're like new to it and you want to check it out, um, maybe pace yourself because it can get really emotionally exhausting yeah. to learn about these things that might be true about yourself and other people. And then you're just like, I hate everyone. I don't know how to feel. This mm-hmm. is a lot. I don't like being told who I am. Yeah. Whatever. And maybe you'll, you just hate the Enneagram and that's fine too. That's fine too. You don't yeah. have to like it. It's just a tool to learn about different types of people. Yeah. And we really like it. So. I and think this is our fun. podcast. I think so. it's fun and <laughs> cool yeah. and just like, I don't know. I think in another life I would have been like a horoscope girly. Oh. Would have been super into like all of that, like future telling and yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. you're this because of this and Mm. your sun moon stars whatever but i think like personality is a little more is tame more tame yeah i it's not as like i personally think it's more useful yeah maybe yeah Yeah. so but But yeah yeah I, i like it a lot quick plant update oh my gosh 
Have you done anything with plants in the past month? Uh, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Well, because it's been raining so bad, I kind of just like did my due diligence and was like, okay, whatever is outside, I tried to like pull it underneath my like balcony covering and hope for the best and the stuff that's inside just try to like keep it alive yeah, but they're i are looking have, outside going oh i oh, want some of that, I want some of that fresh oh, stuff no. they've got out there <laughs> not <laughs> fair i let them gaze out the window <laughs> yeah Long but no everything's no. been maintained pretty well but there is one thing that um i i don't think i talked about this last time yeah i um have a monstera outside that I was like, why is this not popping out new growth? What is wrong? Yeah. And I decided, I was like, I'm just going to rip it out of its pot and see what's going on in here. Mm -hmm. It was in a concrete pot with a drainage hole and it was in a fine size pot, like probably an 18 inch diameter pot. So like decent size, but we know monsteras are huge. So I bought a brand new, big roots. So I got a huge new concrete pot that's like two feet in diameter mm-hmm. or like a foot and a half so it's a lot bigger and I was like I'm just gonna repot it and see what happens and put it in some new fluffy soil whatever and I had to the monstera roots were growing into the concrete oh what it was crazy Did you, like break it apart I had to break <gasps> it off Jeez. yeah I had to like break the monstera roots off of pry it oh, off so you kept the like concrete fine yeah, yeah i kept yeah. the concrete i didn't have to break the concrete i almost yeah. i thought i was gonna have to but i was able to like pry it off and there was like root marks inside the pot Ooh, because it was like wow. eroding it and there was like barely any soil it was just oh. on the top and underneath it was all roots Dang. so ripped it out i tried to get rid of as much concrete that had become like root concrete mixture Weird. it was gross and i like soaked it in water and tried to like loosen them up a little bit but not too much to like traumatize the plant put it in some new soil and there's a brand new leaf that's starting to form so i think wow. that it's gonna be better now but i felt yeah. like i had failed so bad because it only had like two leaves I so know. i was like oh yeah. it's fine but underneath the belly of that beast was a maze yeah it was wild yeah. yeah they shoot out so much even just from like one little section yeah like yeah yeah i yeah you? i think my outdoor plants have been loving the rain mm-hmm. but it has been cold um i had i think talked about how i planted some seeds yeah yeah so i've got some uh radishes that Ooh. grew um or are growing a lot of new little little babies um so I started them as seeds in my like little seed growing tray and then I've already planted those into my garden my raised bed. Okay. Like last week. So you very them? very yeah, very recently transferred. They grew very fast. They're very fast. Wow. So they kind of outgrew the seeding tray. Um and then I also have seen little spurts of like my sweet pepper, tomato, um, basil i'm trying to grow basil Ooh, and then I have some the um some peas some snap peas Ooh. that are like kind of tall and like curly and it's really cute, cute and i can't wait to i have little trellises for them <gasps> so once they once they all grow a bit more i'll transplant them into my have any of them failed because of like bed. the rain or well, anything <clears throat> it de- like each tray had maybe 15 slots for each seed wow and like the cherry tomatoes i've only seen four like little little seedlings and then like three of the sweet peppers and okay yeah it's been a lot of trial and error i don't know i think maybe it's been too cold yeah or i didn't water them enough initially 
Mm. And then now they're getting so much water. I don't know. But yeah. stuff is happening and stuff is growing. And I'm excited about that. That's great. I have not started my rosebush endeavor yet. And I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to make it. Because yeah. Maybe so just wait till I you. Want to. Yeah. Maybe if you move or whatever right. the year brings. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Cheers to we'll the old Sazrak. We'll see you next time. Yep. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram. You know what to do. Look at the thing. Type it in. Like stuff. Follow us. Tell your friends or don't. It's okay. Just enjoy yourself. And then, then just get a cocktail mm-hmm. and water your plant and live, laugh, love. 